Hi, and welcome to the Strad Podcast. I'm Davina Shum, I'm a cellist, and I'm the online editor at the Strad. Our October issue explores the topic of how an orchestra's home concert hall affects its sonic fingerprint. In other words, its individual sound. This episode, I'm joined by the concertmaster of the New York Philharmonic, Frank Huang, who spoke to me about the Philharmonic's brand new David Geffen Hall. How does a hall's acoustics affect what Frank asks of his section and beyond? How is this hall different from the Philharmonic's previous home, the Avery Fisher Hall? Frank shares his initial impressions of the new hall, his favourite halls he's played in, as well as how he's looking forward to exploring the sound in the new venue. Here's Frank. Frank, welcome to the Strad podcast. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So we're here today to speak a bit about how acoustics affect the sound of an orchestra. And this kind of ties in with a feature that we have in our October issue at the moment, Mm -hmm. written by the principal double bassist of the Boston Symphony Orchestra, Edwin Barker. And he speaks about how an orchestra's home ground really plays a part in honing and curating the individual sound of the ensemble. In the New York Phil, you're enjoying your brand new home, the David Geffen Hall. Congratulations. Thank you very much. (laughs) First of all, tell me, what are your initial reactions to the hall? How is it different from what you were um, playing in before? Right. First impression is that it just looks awesome. It it looks completely new. It looks the way uh, a hall kind of should look. It's more accessible to the audience. It's more user-friendly in terms of if we need to have a staged production, if we need to do something that involves moving the risers around, moving a screen around, having a chorus, anything that requires some kind of changes. It's it's much more flexible and it doesn't require our stagehands lifting heavy things all around all the time. But yeah, visually, it's quite, quite beautiful. And uh, acoustically, you know, we, we're just getting started. We've had a couple of rehearsals in there. Uh, this coming week, we have our first kind of uh, test concerts. But I, as far as I understand, there's still a lot of tweaks happening. Um, there's still a lot of panels being adjusted. There's uh, risers being moved around. We're experimenting with different seating. So there's a lot of potential for improvement, I would say, uh, even though things seem already quite a bit better. For you, like personally, what yes. do you prefer in an ideal symphonic hall? You know, do you prefer, like, how do you prefer to hear things? Do you prefer to have a little bit of reverb feedback in the room or do you like do you prefer a drier environment you know what sort of things do you like you know it's always a mix because you you want to feel that resonance and that warmth coming out of your instrument you want to feel like you're making a nice sound which sometimes can be difficult if it's too dry but on the other hand if a hall is at least for me if it's kind of overly resonant or if things are ringing uh, in a strange way, and especially if it's coming back at you in a weird way, it can affect the way you hear other voices, right? You want to hear across the stage, you want to hear front to back. A lot of ensemble things are important to really be crystal clear in, in that sense. But having that right mix of feeling like like everything is ringing and at the same time being able to hear everything is often quite tricky. And we play in many halls all over the world, of course, but it's always very noticeable the ones that have this mix of comfort and ease of listening. 
Do you have any particular favorite halls that you remember playing in on your tours? I have a lot of favorite halls. I mean, I think, you know, in the, in, in the States, in, in like Boston, where they play, that's that's kind of a very famous hall for, for how warm the sound is and yet being able to, to lock into each other very easily, right? In Europe, I would say they're, they're everywhere great halls <laughs> and in, in Asia as well. Suntory is an example, I think, of a hall that I, I like playing in very much. But I think, you know, most halls take a little bit of time to get used to. That's why we have these kind of sound check rehearsals. And for us, we were kind of in that process now. It felt like sound checks every rehearsal of the last few days. You know, they started off, the, the acousticians were asking for a lot of feedbacks. The different sections were giving them a lot of information, how it feels, how it sounds. And I think they've stopped asking us because I think they, they're getting so many different directions, right? Different uh, viewpoints. So now I'm, I'm noticing the last few rehearsals, they're, they're probably still adjusting things, but we're not, we're not sure what they're doing. So uh, I do notice a day to day that sometimes it feels a little different and yeah. sometimes it's an improvement. Sometimes it maybe feels like a step back, but if you move around, like, you know, I, I, I've been moving around and playing, sitting in different areas and, and just seeing what it feels like too. And it's very interesting how depending on where you're sitting, it can feel quite different as well. But yeah, it's, you know, it's like getting a new toy, getting a new car, whatever, analogy makes sense you you want to kind of test the limits and see what the possibilities are mm, and it takes a bit of getting used to and there are some things oh which gosh. might become apparent you know further down the line that you haven't quite discovered yet absolutely absolutely who knows what they may be <laughs> right so have you found during your rehearsals or mm -hmm. your endless sound checks that you right. mentioned <laughs> how does the acoustic that you're currently working with affect what you ask from your section and beyond in the string section you know what kind of sound you draw from the bow right. um, specifically uh, you know a big difference in our old hall in david geffen uh formerly avery fisher it, it was a little bit i i would say that the hall did not really favor the strings it was always kind of like a battle just to be heard especially from certain areas in the audience uh, that was another issue i think that was very problematic in a way as a listener depending on where you were sitting you would get kind of a brass heavy or a wind heavy or uh, maybe occasionally a string heavy seat right so the, the, it wasn't so balanced depending on where you were in the hall but in in the new configuration i feel like at least for the strings that we don't have to worry as much about just being heard we don't have to try to project our sound over the level of what the character of the music would require, if that makes sense. Mm. So which for me is is super important because this means not only can our palette or our, our range of colors and dynamics be wider, but it means also that we can really take advantage of those intimate moments and those places where we want to pull the audience into our sound rather than kind of singing things out. In a orchestral setting, I think in any kind of live performance setting, those moments where you really try to go for something very personal and very intimate and feeling are so important in live performance, especially because those are the moments where you can maybe really connect with somebody who is experiencing 
whatever piece you're playing in a very meaningful way, perhaps. But having that range, you know, the loud and exciting stuff has always been relatively easy to get across, in my view. You know, everybody can appreciate a loud and fast, exciting something. But yeah. those intimate moments and the, the really beautiful personal connections that can be made are going to be easier, in, in my opinion. I imagine it's quite a hard balance to strike. You know, it's it's not a small, say, like 100-seater chamber music hall, but it's you know, t- <laughs> right. o- over 2,000 seats. But how do you draw the audience in to get those intimate sounds? And it's, it's that classic thing where I think people, they work really hard on being heard and playing loudly, but it's actually harder work playing quietly right. in orchestra, especially, right? Well, playing quietly with a lot of character. I mean, you know, this is not just for orchestral playing. This is for everything. You you know, you always have to make sure you're, you're getting the message across. Sometimes soft playing, if it's being covered by something or if it doesn't have the expressivity that you want, you're not really pulling in the audience to the character of the music. Mm. So having a, a little bit more room acoustically and having a little bit more balance between the different sections of the orchestra, I would say, are really going to help. Another thing I think I'm excited about in our hall is that the audience feels much closer, even visually. You know, you're not looking out from the stage and vaguely seeing shadowy figures, uh, you know, hundreds of feet away. These seats feel like everybody is close. It's, it's a mm. very uh, intimate feeling for how, how large the hall is. That must be very nice, especially given the last couple of years with no audiences and now to actually have audiences in the hall that you can see and they're right there and they want to be there. That must be a really lovely feeling. Absolutely. Yeah. And also just that what you've mentioned before about just having that freedom, that space to be able to explore more colors. I imagine, you know, going along with this car analogy that you mentioned before, it's a little bit like you're able to ease off the gas a little bit. You can just Absolutely. kind of... Absolutely. Yeah. cruise along a bit more <laughs> <laughs> right Perhaps. right it's an exciting time and i think everybody in the orchestra is just grateful that we're back to performing and that something positive came out of such a difficult time you know for all people especially performing arts and there's a lot of exciting projects there's a lot of new music that has been commissioned you know i feel like the orchestra is in a very exciting time they've been talking about doing something like this since way before I got there, you know. Um, so I, I feel very fortunate to be here during this important transition. So one final thing, you know, you've mm-hmm. got the, the first concert coming up. What's on the program in this new hall? Well, this week, we're, I think we're actually doing just a bunch of, I think it's called First Notes. It's going to be a mix of many different pieces, movements from different symphonies during movement of Prokofiev. Uh, movement of Mozart. It's really kind of like a appetizer <laughs> plate, kind of like a sampler. Yeah, some orders. Orders, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And nice. uh, I think it's yeah, not only for the audience to kind of get a feel for what different things are going to sound like, but also for us. Keep in mind, we've never heard anything in this hall with a full audience as well, and and mm. that really can affect the way a hall feels, right? So between the sound check and the concerts, sometimes uh, different halls feel completely different. So that'll be an exciting moment for us as well. But yeah, it's a bunch of movements 
from different pieces. That's fabulous. Yeah. Well, it's just the beginning of a very long journey. Uh, yes. So I'm sure you'll be looking forward to exploring the acoustics of this new hall. Frank, thanks so much for joining me today and best of luck for the new adventure. <laughs> Thank you so much. My pleasure to join you. That was New York Philharmonic Concertmaster Frank Huang. The concert samplers mentioned earlier, New York Phil Returns Home, will be held from the 12th to the 18th of October. Two opening galas will be held on the 26th and 28th of this month. And for more details, check the show notes, where you'll also find a link to Edwin Barker's opinion piece on how an orchestra's home hall affects its sound. And don't forget to head to our website, thestrad.com, to check out the latest news, articles, and reviews on all things to do with string playing. And if you like what you see and hear, register and subscribe to access exclusive archival content from 2010 onward. Are you a student? We've got 50% off an online subscription for you. And if you're not sure you're ready to subscribe, take out a free trial for seven days, start reading right away with no strings attached. If you happen to be on Apple Podcasts right now, give us a little review or a rating. That would help us out lots. Thanks for listening and tuning in soon for another episode. Take good care. Bye.